Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And I'm Kate Harris. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL2 slash Headcanon. We're going to kind of cross post this one. We've been threatening to do Clueless, the movie, forever. Um, but it, it, it kind of feels appropriate that we should share this between our Bros podcast and our Headcanon one uh, because it's so apropos of both. And also because uh, Kate here uh, won a podcast. She's one of the runners up for our uh, trouble contest that we did. And um, wanted to, you know, feature on the main pod. Thank you for supporting us, Kate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so obviously we'll be talking about Clueless, the 1995 film, in just a bit. But before we get to that, uh, I wanted to ask you, Kate, a little bit about your PLL journey. Um, how did you first find PLL the show? And then how did you find the podcast? Um, I don't actually remember how I first started watching PLL. I know it was... Sometime in the middle of, or sometime during season three, because it was on Netflix, and I watched the first couple seasons, and then I caught up at some point, had to wait in the middle of this, I don't even know, because the way they do their seasons, I never truly know what goes in what season, um, so somewhere season three, season four-ish, I caught up, but I found y'all, I think, maybe... Maybe it was because maybe Heather Hogan tweeted about y'all or something. I can't really remember, but I think that was it. And then I heard y'all's podcast. I was like, oh yeah, this is something. This is this is definitely these are definitely my vibes. These are my people. <laughs> like this is <laughs> y'all are watching this the same way that I am, and it I like that. Um, and not just some like dumb high school show, which you know if you want to watch it that way, fine. But there's a lot more to it that you can you know enjoy, and it's nice to listen to people talk about it. Um, and feel a little a little more validated, you know. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's crazy how long it's it's been. Almost ten years, I think, that we've been doing this pod. So that's why. Uh, really appreciate anyone who's stuck through this long. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's just dive right into Clueless. Uh, this was your pick, Kate. So why don't you tell us why you picked this movie? Um. Well, I have loved this movie since I first saw it when it first came out on VHS. Um, I know I remember renting it. I'm not hundred percent sure why I was allowed to rent it, but um, I was, and uh, everyone in my family loved it. My little sister, I mean, I was maybe nine or 10 when I first saw it and immediately loved it. Didn't understand most of it, but loved it and have watched it, you know, regularly since then. Every time I watch it, you know, you learn something like I get another joke pretty much every time I watch it. Um, and I just remember when y'all did a poll at some point, about what movie to watch. And I was like, this, 10 Things, Mean Girls, Cruel Intentions, which I love all of those movies, but it just didn't feel right that in that in that like category, Clueless was last. That just felt wrong. Um, because it's so good. It's so funny. Um, you know, anything that can be like satirical like that without being cruel and, you know, mean. Um, it's just, I don't know. I just love it. And it's just gets I feel like it just gets better every time I watch it. Agreed. Yeah, watching this after watching that Do Revenge movie, I was just like, man, this is this right here. This is how you do it. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed Do Revenge. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect or anything, but you know, yeah, I agree. Comparing it to this, like, oh man, they were close, but like, I just don't. And no one quite gets the vibe right. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, uh, why don't we just start with some opening statements about the movie, uh, Marco? Why don't you go first? Um, I think Kate, you 
you nailed one thing that's important in this movie, this movie that launched a thousand porn clips, but uh, there's no, there's no cruelty really. Like it, it's got that kind of thing that I like in, in certain shows, not all the time. I think, I think uh, James went on record in one of our last podcasts and he's more cynical than I am. Whereas I sometimes like something he's nodding emphatically. I sometimes like something a little more uplifting and, and nice. And like, I feel like in a way, in a long enough timeline, all of these characters are my friends. You know, like I, I genuinely care about all of them, with the exception of, well, maybe Elton and maybe Amber, but only because Amber's not around that much. But uh, quintessential teen literary adaptation, characters all stand up. They f- they feel alive, even as sketches of characters. It's a masterpiece of balancing tone. Um, Cher, of course, is eponymously clueless, both from her youth and her isolated bubble of wealth. But like we smile along with her when she doesn't when she doesn't get something. We don't necessarily laugh at her. Um, I don't know. I just love the show. I, I almost worry that I don't have any critical thought because it was just so fun to watch this movie after. I, I really haven't seen it since the 90s. So, Did Shame. you see this movie in the theater? I don't think so. I think I saw it at Rendell. Mm. You? Uh, oh, yeah. I saw this in the theater. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if uh, younger people are, are as aware of this, but like this movie was like advertised like crazy on MTV before it came out. They would just have these weird little like kind of shorts that they would run on MTV. And so this was just like the movie to see if you're a teenager, like it had been building and building. It's the girl from the Aerosmith video. She's going to be in this movie. And it's, it's all about teenagers. Like they did not make movies for teens. Um, like Scream gets a lot of credit for kind of bringing back like the teen genre, like teen horror. But like Clueless was first, like before Clueless, like they just didn't make movies for teenagers really. Um, since, uh, since the 80s, you mean? I, yeah, but like there was a big gap there. Like there was like a, a generational gap where, okay. like they, like you know, all through the early nineties, they're, they're not making teen movies because we went to the coffee house crowd. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and so this was like the return of making movies for teenagers. Um, and I mean, this movie's like I don't know, twenty five percent of my personality is probably comes from, comes from this movie. Is formed by it. Uh, I love this movie. It was such a delight to rewatch it. Um, I have nothing bad to say about it at all. I think it's just a masterpiece. It's one of my 10 favorite movies of all time. So it's up there. Yeah, same. All right. Any what, other thoughts? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Marco. I would say what piece of slang from the time period in this movie do you think really doesn't hold up the most? And why is it Baldwin? Yeah, I was going to say Baldwin's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that got a genuine laugh out of me when I because I'd forgotten about that. I was like, "Oh, right." <laughs> As if. Uh, any other thoughts on the movie Cape before we jump in? Um, I mean, it's one of my tops too. I, you know, top five for sure. And as far as I'm concerned, it's Paul Rudd's first movie. So mm-hmm. you know, that's great. I love that. Take the Halloween six. Yeah, that's right. Paul Rudd was like a couple years younger than Stacy Dash in this movie. I found she's 29 twice her character's age (laughs) yeah 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 i couldn't find it how old was um alicia silverstone in this i think she's still fairly young Uh, yeah i only saw Mm -hmm. paul rudd and stacy dash's ages Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, can we just talk about like this movie a solid 40 percent of this movie works just because of how adorable alicia silverstone is and like I feel like you really don't see like movie star debuts like her in this movie. Yeah, I always liked her in this movie. I was really surprised on rewatch because it'd been a while. Like she's ridiculously good in this movie. Like she completely carries the movie. 
Um, mm-hmm. I and it just made me wonder, like, what? How did Hollywood screw up the rest of her career? You know, like yeah. by making her like Batgirl or whatever. Or, I mean, I don't know. Aging is one thing, but like, yeah. she's like the diary of a wimpy kid mom now or something. It's like <laughs> a lot of moms because she was in the Babysitters Club too. Is the mom? Yeah, yeah. And she's in that one Brandon Fraser movie. Oh, Blast like, in the Past. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy to me that she didn't go on a run of like I don't know like five different huge rom coms after this or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, like uh, the career that we kept hearing Molly Ringwald was going to have, like mm-hmm. she should have genuinely had it. Like one of the IMDb trivia bits was just like, oh, twenty years later, she like reteamed with uh, Jeremy Sisto, and I'm like, that's bad for her and great for him. <laughs> yeah, really. Jeremy Sisto is on the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade uh, recently, or wow. that last week. Yeah, it's like, like he's on the FBI show or whatever. So here's Jeremy Sisto. It's like, okay, great. I, I, talk about a guy who's like his entire actorly authority power comes from the fact that he's tall. <laughs> All right. Also, well, he's from Grass Valley, James. Oh, okay. There That's, you go. Uh, do you know Jessica Chastain is from Sacramento? I learned that recently. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into uh, Clueless here. Uh, just a lot of '90s songs in this. This really brought me back. Um, this "We Are Young" song here. This uh, this cover of "Kids in America" starts off almost like a horror movie, like song. Hmm. It's kind of fascinating when we go into like this like opening skewering of the MTV generation. I mean, it's it's like making fun, but it's still I don't know celebrating at the same time. I feel like it it achieves a tone that I think. Do or do revenge wanted but didn't quite achieve. Yeah. Where it's like it's making fun of its characters and having a good time with it, but not like taking itself too seriously, you know. Yeah, and they're kind of in on the joke too. I mean, you know, it's like is this a Noxima commercial or what? You know, <laughs> yeah, like shares yeah, shares right. <laughs> often ditzy, but is you know has like that knowing at the same time. We should mention mm-hmm. this movie is uh, the script is based on the Jane Austen book Emma, so which I've yet to read. I've heard it's like actually a really faithful adaption. I remember my high school English teacher was like, what was it? Was it Gwyneth Paltrow? Was she the, the one yeah. who played Emma? He was like, don't watch that movie. Just watch Clueless. Like if you want to, if you want an adaptation of Emma, just watch Clueless. Yeah. This is my favorite Jane Austen adaptation. Just full stop. Like, I mean, you know, the nineties Pride and Prejudice was great, but this one, I just like this one the best. It's the, I mean, I think it gets the spirit absolutely right of that book. So have either of you seen the new Emma with Emma mm-hmm. Taylor-Joy? Not, no. I would still say this was more faithful <laughs> to the tone. <laughs> I saw her recently in the menu, but no, I did not see that one. I I have a disgusting, perverse desire to see the whatever the, the Dakota Johnson. Oh, Persuasion? Yeah, that's that's a great book, but like that, that movie's going to hurt. Is that, maybe... is that a Netflix one? Yeah, sadly. Mm. Yeah. Good luck. It's going to hurt, but it's going to probably be fun at how bad it is. <laughs> I've never read Persuasion, so oh, that would cool. all be new for me. Uh, but yeah, we get this, you know, Noxima commercial opening. It's playing Kids in America. Uh, Cher's got, like, a Jeep that she drives. These are all, like, rich girls in oh, L.A. Uh, she's got, like, a computer that controls her closet. And, like, I her. cannot believe that does not exist. <laughs> that should exist. Why doesn't that exist? Well, she's got the, like, dry It's a touchscreen, too. Yeah, yeah. touchscreen. She's got that dry cleaner <laughs> spin thing. Yeah, Color-coordinated. Apparently, this first outfit, I think, was the one that cost the most. This was, like, a yeah. real designer outfit, whereas, like, the rest of the stuff was mostly they just bought at malls. Yeah. 
Do you yeah. think that Mandy Lyon is like, is Mona May, the costume director, Mandy Lyon's like absolute inspiration? Is like that her dream person? Yeah, I think for, for Cher, Cher had to walk so that Arya could run. For sure. That's right. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Although it's almost like too coordinated for Arya, you know? Yeah. yeah only there's... one pattern, not like three at once. <laughs> who, who in this movie would wear the skirt made of ties? And would it be tie? Mm. I'd probably be Amber. It'd definitely be Amber. And oh, she'd yeah. have a coordinated top that was made out of like also ties. Okay. Amber's recurring hairstyles are all out of like Dr. Seuss books, right? <laughs> well, like, yeah. <laughs> well, there's the one time where she's dancing with the guy in the cat in the hat hat and she's got like the pippy lock sucking braids. You're like, yeah, that's that feels about right. She goes back to that guy too. Also, I'm just going to say, I meant to piss on my opening statement. This movie's other love story is about Elton and that cranberry CD. <laughs> The way he goes back to that thing, the which way he's always trying to is it? Come, come up with an excuse. Uh, yeah, which one would that have been? Uh, I think it's Dream. everyone else is doing it, so why aren't we? I think. Um, yeah, but I mean, at some point we're gonna we're gonna get into the romance at the heart of this movie. I kind of wish this movie would give us a little Dan Hedaya's reaction to this uh, Sharon Josh romance because he says, "You divorce wives, not children." <laughs> So Josh is still his child, so right? In Emma is uh is the Josh analog is that like a cousin or something? I don't I just don't think it's a relative. I think it's just like a yeah. neighbor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, he's he's so, a lot older cuz he's like in a, they I think they say he's like 36 or something. Um but he's older but he's I don't think they're related or you know steps or whatever. Amy Heckerling's like, you remember that like uh, coffee commercial where the sister was way into the brother? Like, we're going to get a little of that energy. <laughs> I like how she's trying to make it, her dad drink orange juice for the vitamin C. Like, that was that was where we were, like, kind of like health diet culture at the time. Like, oh, you got to get that vitamin C. <laughs> and yeah. also drink your milk. Drink your, drink your orange juice and your milk. <laughs> Don't tell me those brain dead low lives have been calling again. <laughs> they are your parents. <laughs> Isn't there a line later about her like screw up in Malibu? But I I wonder if that's a deleted scene because I don't think we ever actually go to Malibu, right? Yeah, there's a line about Malibu later. I was I was thinking about that. Um, I can't remember where it is, but like they they mentioned something about Malibu, and I'm like, what about Malibu? Like a disaster in Malibu or something? Pismo Beach. It's a Pismo Beach disaster. Well, there's, there's the Pismo Beach disaster, yeah. but she makes a comment about like I haven't screwed up like this since Malibu. I, I, I've never had the DVD for this. Mm-hmm. If there's like an hour of deleted scenes on this DVD, I would just dive in. So happily. I got the DVD mm-hmm. um, for the for the extras because I was reading about them. I was like, well, I want to see all of these because um, they're all like labeled for like Driver's Ed and like Fashion 101 and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're good. I enjoyed them. Learned a uh-huh. lot. Yeah, I saw that in the trivia that they shot this movie in 40 days, which is just nuts. I feel like they would take six months to shoot this movie now. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a different time back then. Love the Jeep she drives. Very cool little Jeep. Just something to learn on, you know. <laughs> Boy, that came out of nowhere. She does such a good, like, she she finds a perfect tone of, like, a little bit innocent, a little bit kind of, like, knowing at the same time. Like, she can really go back and forth yeah. between, like, making you feel sorry for her or kind of, like, laughing at her or laughing with her. Like, she can be savvy at times. It's, like, such a good performance. Well, yeah, she, like, runs her house. I mean... You know, she's making sure her dad's getting his orange juice and all that. And, you know, even the maid's afraid of the dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her, her, they have Dion. She's my friend because we both know what it's like to have people be jealous of us. Love it. 
Love it. Also, Stacey Dash. This is way before she became a MAGA <laughs> nut job. Yeah, RIP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think she makes a joke about her hat. Coming shopping to Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Lisa didn't scan a collie. <laughs> I love all the shots of just her driving. It's like these shots of the car Jeep doing this like screeching tires turn. Hello, that was a stop sign. Mm-hmm. I totally paused. <laughs> My dad really liked that part. That's what I remember about that. Watching that when I was younger, my dad really liked that. Yeah, the whole lexicon uh, that this movie introduced, you know, as if totally um, going postal. Yeah, I mean, like there's I mean, this is, you know, California Valley girl speak from the 90s, which uh, is definitely like half of my dialect, probably. Well, and one that I I didn't recall ever using, Jeepin. (laughs) Yeah, Jeepin. Jeepin. I love the segue. Speaking of vehicular sex, <laughs> uh, Donald Faison should have had a better career, right? I mean, he was on Scrubs. I, I never watched the show, but I'll, like I'll, people I'll love that. that show. He should have had a better career. I mean, he's doing commercials where it was Zach Braff now, so nobody deserves to sentence the Zach Braff. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah, but Scrubs is on for like a million years, and it's always on, so he's got to be making some, you know, good money from that. Oh, I'm yeah. sure he's rich. Yeah. I mean, I, I never really watched Scrubs, but my sense is that a bunch of people did in like a certain, I don't know, like generational time period or whatever. But like, that's like their show. Like people who like that show love that show, you know. I watched it. I've seen probably all of it. That's one of the ones we re- we rewatched uh, early quarantine. Um, mm. You know, it's fine. It's there's parts that are really good, parts that are not as good. Mm. I mean, it's the Scrubs generation, also the that '70s show generation, mm. or is the Scrubs a little bit later? It's probably fairly close, I would guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, like how Dia's just like waiting with this like weave to pull out to like accuse him. <laughs> the yeah. opportune moment. I hate when you call me a woman. Um, as Cher is walking through the high school, there are so many horny dudes just eye fucking her. Not just including the guy who just wraps his arm around her, giving us a first as if. But I mean, this is almost like an Italian street that she's yeah, walking. The, the down. way she just like shoves that dude, probably like twelve feet out of frame. But the movie has an interesting mix of actors who look totally age appropriate, and then these extras that are clearly in their forties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is uh, we got Brecken Meyer in the background here. He's still pretty young at this point. Um, maybe his best role. I don't know. Uh, name five other Breckenmeyer roles. I mean, he's in Can't Hardly Road Wait. Trip? Can't Hardly Wait. Um, okay. Um, Go. Okay. I think of a fifth one. Yeah. He plays himself in an episode <laughs> of Party Down. He's the voice, one of the voices in King of the Hill at some point. Mm. Oh, is he? He's, I think he's. Oh, it's something weird. Like Joseph Gribble. He and Bri- I think he and Brittany Murphy play. Yeah, they play the Joseph same. Joseph Gribble. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wallace Shawn here is a debate teacher. Wonderful debate okay. about the, the, what did she say? The Haitians or Hadians. something? <laughs> yeah, the Haitians. Because, did you read the trivia about this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. She didn't know how to pronounce it, so they just kept it. <laughs> yeah. It does not say RSVP so on the Statue of Liberty. I mean, Amber is like, I don't know what you're supposed to think of Amber, but like, she's one of those characters where like, there's a whole other movie. Starring Amber, where she has to like, where like Cher is like her foil. 
Like Amber's like the Salieri to her Mozart. <laughs> I love that Cher takes her gum out before the uh, speech and it's like has, has it on her finger the whole time. Um, well, Amber's totally right here because this is not how high school debate works. So. I don't know. I how was am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> well, like I was, I knew they did a TV show where like the Amber actress came back. Isn't like but Stacey I was, Dash in that or something? I, or? I, think, I so. think so. Like, like everyone but Brittany Murphy and Alicia Silverstone, mm-hmm. but a couple of them came back and like did cameos as other characters. Oh, weird. But like, I was shocked to find out the show went on for three seasons. Me too. That was I wrote that down in my notes. I was like, wait, this show is on for three seasons? That's yeah, wild. yeah. Did this movie invent the uh, the whatever with the fingers? I don't know if I'd ever seen that have. beforehand. It had to have. As far as I know, as far as I'm concerned, yes. <laughs> Not like we were doing that in seven. <laughs> <laughs> Elton, any comments? Yeah, I can't find my Cranberry CD. <laughs> <laughs> Beginning of his love affair. He's always trying to get out of class. I think yeah. I think he someone finally lets him go at the end of the way. I think Miss Guy says. My foot hurts. It's like he'd go to the nurse. <laughs> um I love that the recurring subtle joke that there are multiple girls in this high school with the nose job bandages. Yes. <laughs> I kept thinking it was the same girl, but it's quite a few. No, I think in one of the PE scenes, there's like a bunch of girls with the like the nose job bandages on. Yeah, yeah. they stand in line for tennis. There's a bunch. But I mean, just like randomly, like walking like down that like that that row, there's a bunch. Um, and might I remind you, it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. I love the insight we get from uh, Brecken Myers' character here. <laughs> He's like, okay, like the way I feel about the Rolling Stones is the way my kids are going to feel about Nine Inch Nails. So I shouldn't torment my mom anymore, huh? He's like. Yes, that's a little off subject, but <laughs> and I will always, I will always love that his name is Travis Birkenstock. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Well, like Wallace Shawn is interesting. The the role prepared in the teen movies of like this teacher character who's like not a huge part of the movie, but like has to make some kind of mark. Like I'm trying to think of like Daryl Mitchell and like 10 Things I Hate About You who's like really trying to like work of his screen time, but it's Wallace Shawn. And, and, he and I, yeah, he owns it. You can even see right in the beginning, the uh, Elton's like massaging Claire, uh, not, not Claire shares uh, shoulders in the scene. Like he's always he's like, fuck. like he's super handsy with her. Yeah. Yeah. She gets to see, it's going to have to debate her way out of it. I didn't like their opening offer. Uh, yeah, the, the classic it. talking on the uh, cell phones until they meet up each other at school. This is like in '95, kids did not have cell phones in school, unless like I think you just assume that like well, the rich kids in LA do maybe, but no one else. Yeah, does. it made sense to me. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. from Alabama, so this is a whole like it just like it just seemed like a whole other world that made total sense. Like, yeah, that's probably what they do in LA. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're from like the suburbs of California, where lots of pagers. I knew like two people who had cell phones and they were not allowed to ever use their cell phone. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm trying to remember like in 95, cause I feel like pagers, like they really had a huge moment suddenly and then like disappeared like two years later, you know? No. Yeah. But yeah. Isn't my house classic? The columns date back in 1972. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. So Cher's mom died in a freak accident during a routine liposuction procedure. Um, Cher might have gotten her father's knack for debate and oratory, but you know what she didn't get from her father? Those eyebrows. (laughs) 
but she also got a 98 in geometry so congrats yeah oh shapes <laughs> nice shapes <laughs> nice shapes <laughs> Uh, I don't know if we've mentioned, like, there's a lot of narration in this, which I think just completely works. Yeah. Um, it's always always tricky narration in movies, but she has such a distinctive voice. Um, not just, like, the way it sounds, but, like, the way she talks. That, like, I don't know, I feel like they can cheat a lot and just, like, have her start talking about her mom in narration. And, it, it's like, you don't question it at all. Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta nail narration or you gotta cut it. <laughs> What's this, uh, um, just, like, look she has later when she hears uh josh listening to his complaint rock it's like almost punkish it's like this like mess shirt like i, I feel like this is like something you'd find in hot topic now or something like black mess shirt yeah yeah over like a tank top and she's got like this mm-hmm. big cross necklace yeah like she's buffy the vampire slayer yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a yeah, very something like buffy like would wear um I love that josh will always announce his arrival by blasting a little lake fake plastic trees <laughs> The acoustic version. <laughs> the sad bastard music, yeah. Uh, also, okay, so I believe that Sherwood put on MTV. I believe that Sherwood watch Ren and Stimpy later. I don't know about the Beavis and Butthead. I mean, but, like, everybody watched I, MTV. Like, yeah, that was just what I mean, you did. You just turned on MTV and just yeah. sat there. Well, because, like, later she's talking about, like, the burnouts, and they come into class, mm-hmm. and they say something funny, and we all laugh, but no serious girl would date them. So maybe she's got, like, a soft spot but i was just like i don't know i don't know i mean i wasn't a stoner in high school but i sure as fuck watched Beavis and butthead yeah the yeah. show's just hilarious I, I watched a lot yeah i was instructed to not watch beavis and butthead <laughs> so obviously i did watch it all the time hmm. i don't know if we have a show like that that um it's like exists for politicians to like get wrong when they're talking about it you know they're all yeah. kind of beaver and bumhead or <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you can't talk about Murphy Brown in the 90s forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean, I think you can sense right from the start that um, these two are just, um, there's like a casual intimacy between them. They'll kind of elbow each other and like, you know, sit pretty close to each other. What are you doing, stepbrother? Yeah. Um, I love this this exchange that the Josh is just like, I really want to check out environmental law. And then Dan is just like, why? Do you want a miserable, boring life? <laughs> I like OJ. when they get called to dinner and after Josh is telling Cher to like, you know, grow up or whatever, you know, be more sophisticated. He just, as he's drinking out of a carton of orange juice and it leaves it open on the table. It's like, okay. Gross. okay. <laughs> Josh will commit food crimes later in their kitchen. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to it, but that sandwich incident, yeah. Paul Rudd should be in jail. <laughs> I love the guy, but he should be in jail. Um, but yeah, I love how just right off the bat, like, Dan Hedaya is totally on board of her negotiating with teachers for better grades. Definitely. I had direction. Yeah. Towards the mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not ready yet. What do you mean? It's not ready. They <laughs> always told me not to never accept the first offer. I miss like this kind of banter, this kind of like nineties banter. Yeah. I also like that whenever, uh, uh, her dad gets a phone call like within two seconds. He's just shouting, What? No, no. <laughs> Dan Hede is so good in this. Yeah. Tells her yeah. PE teacher an evil male broke her heart. So she raised her C to a B. <laughs> okay. It's very noticeable in that shot where we're setting up the PE thing. The girl who's like pom pom is like pulling her skirt up. 
I did not notice that. Yeah. I, there's there's a a like lingering longer than it should be as it pans across like panty shot hmm. that I would have thought you could have easily just reshot this little camera pan. I mean, they shot it in like 40 days, so, so <laughs> maybe it's moving along. Um, share diagnosis that Mr. Hall just needs a good old fashioned boink fest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did she say to Miss Geis? Um, I'm trying to remember what she says to like up her grade there. Oh, she promises a letter writing campaign to her congressman about violations of the Clean Air Act. Uh, back when we thought writing to her congressman did anything. What exactly does Miss Geis teach? That's a great question. question. Because she's caring about the environment. She's seemingly political a activism. counselor. She has an office in like the bullpen of like school offices. And she seems to be giving like Travis advice at one point. Well, she definitely has a classroom. She has a classroom too. Yeah. And they're turning just, in reports. Do they take, yeah. in, she could take environmental science Maybe it's science like, like life science or something like that. Like, like a science, science class Could of be. some kind. Could be. Wasn't life science like the look... Real I mean, science was, classes aren't going to work out for you. There was oh, I'm sorry, biology. Yeah, there's biology, but then there was like earth science. Yeah, yeah. too. If you didn't, if you didn't want to take like chemistry and physics. Here, here's your final question. What planet are you on? And for us, name another one. Yeah. In the background, we see Janice played by Nicole Bilderback, who was in Can't Hardly Wait and a little show called Cruel Summer. Oh, nice. Yeah, as well as Bring It On and uh, Zoe Duncan, Jack and Jane. Who is she in Cruel Summer? She's the lawyer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even realize that. Um, so she's kind of feeling all out of sorts because she can't get uh, Mr. Hall to change her grade. So she's got to go to where she feels good, the mall. The suffering there. from buyer's remorse? God, no. <laughs> As if, like, that's something that, like, would, you know, make her look kind of peaky and, you know, ill. Yeah. So, yeah, got to give him a good good old-fashioned boink fest. Single, he's 47. He earns minor ducats at a thankless job. <laughs> Fortunately, there's a major babe drought at school. Like, I mean, it's, it's like really obvious product placement, but like the POV shot where she's looking around like the teacher's lounge and she like focuses in on a Snickers. Yeah. Oh, Snickers. Later, there's a, uh, a a pretty prominent placing of Snackwells. Yeah, there's a lot of product placements. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. Diet Cokes. And Diet Coke, shots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did your schools ever let you work off tardies? I don't know what that means. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I was never late. I just didn't show up. But like, he's just like he's like listing off all the tardies, and I'm like, how do you work these off? But I love the uh, you know chair wants to debate her two tardies, and he's like, well, one was last Monday, and she's like, oh, I was surfing the crimson, surfing the crimson wave. wave and, and the, the whole ladies. ladies. <laughs> <laughs> like you assume women problems. Uh, but yeah, she's uh, they're writing like a fake secret admirer letter to Mrs. Geist here uh, that she's quoting. It's like a sonnet she's quoting, right? <laughs> Where'd you get it from Cliff Notes? <laughs> I remember when we in high school when I read that sonnet, I was like, oh, that's where that came from. Got it. 
<laughs> she does a thing later. Uh, she says, it's like in that one book, it's a far, better, far, far better thing doing stuff for other people, which I think is a, a Tale of Two Cities joke. Tale of Two Cities, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you got the classic thing where they like run around after they plant the letter and like stare through the, the window there. I like that shot. Mm-hmm. So they're just looking through the window. It reminds me of that episode of the Halloween episode of Buffy where they're looking through the library. Mm-hmm. It is shockingly easy to get these two teachers laid. Yeah, you just gotta write a fake secret admirer thing, give them some coffee, and then you know take her glasses and the clips out of her hair. Yeah, move the yeah. scarf around to the side instead of the front. Yeah, well, because she's she's dressed like a character out of Greece. <laughs> She was, um, she's like, not the writer of the movie, but she was like involved in the production. Maybe yeah, it's like a producer, a producer or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The actress who played the, the DVD case. extras make it sound like she and Amy Heckerling were like, like it was their movie. Um, yeah. It seems like they're like, like good friends or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like having not watched this movie in like approaching 20 years as I started it the other night, I thought this was Amy Heckerling for a moment because they have like identical looks almost. Amy Heckerling plays her maid of honor in the way. Right, right, right. Man, right. Yeah. But I'm mean, like, this like Amy Heckerling has like a look. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is she in this? And then I was like, no, that's not possible. Also, oh. what a great name. Twink Kaplan. Twink Kaplan. <laughs> well, speaking of product placement, um, Travis is uh thanking McDonald's and their egg McMuffin sandwiches and his acceptance speech here. I mean, this movie like steers right into like kind of I don't know, the the corniness. So like they'll start playing like the Oscar music, you know, as he's accepting his trophy, that kind of thing. I mean, just the two thousand one reference. Yeah. Later oh, on. Oh, it's so good. It's this is almost like a kid's movie in the sense that like there's something for the teens and there's something for their parents, you know, who dropped them off at the movie theater or or rented this with them. Um are we are we at Josh in the pool yet? Um, there is a brief scene where her dad's yelling at her about the second notice uh, about these parking tickets. Like, what happened to the first notice? The ticket was the notice. I feel like I learned a lot from this movie. You know, yes. I was only like fourteen when I watched this. So I was like, I'm learning so much about being an adult. You can get tickets for lots of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't even know you could get tickets without a license. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Josh at the pool. <laughs> this Whisper outfit, reading Nike, yeah. <laughs> sunglasses yeah. on. Like long pants and a long sleeve shirt by a pool in All Southern black. California is, is a choice. Yeah, yeah. she's All been told she can't go anywhere without a licensed driver. Two permits do not equal license. And she says, a licensed driver with nothing to do. Where would I find such a loser? <laughs> <laughs> and he is like, he's reading Nietzsche in a way that it's just like he wants you to yes. see that fucking book. He's not even reading. He's just holding it in front of his yeah. face. He's posing. <laughs> he has sunglasses on. <laughs> In the shade. It's not even in the sun. Yeah. She's making I, I, fun of the weird. goatees trying to grow. I was at the first time I watched this movie, I do remember not focusing on Josh that much. Like I think when I was a teenager, I was apparently just so under Alicia Silverstone's spell that when she gets together of Josh at the end, I was like, oh, that came out of nowhere. And I'm watching this movie now and I'm like, not really. Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering about that. Like people you're watching this for the first time, are they like clocking him as a romantic interest right away or, or are we just clueless? I don't know. Well, I certainly was. I know you that. Were. Okay. Um, because it was Paul Rudd. Yeah. Um, so it's like, well, yeah, obviously like it's Paul but, Rudd. But you're talking about now though, right? No, at the time oh, I okay. thought he was the cutest thing. Um, and I was 
yeah, I was into it um, as a, you know. A yeah, tween. I mean, I think there's like a certain amount of like movie math that we're just missing there where it's like she's the obviously the attractive lead and he's like an attractive dude who's unconnected. And so it's like, oh, well, he must be the love interest. Well, but also all the other men are like picked off for one reason or yeah. another, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she's striking at them. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to a tree people meeting. We might get Marky Mark to plant a celebrity tree. <laughs> Back when he's still Marky Mark. Yeah. It'd be like another year or two before he became Mark Wahlberg. I saw, was it a TikTok? Maybe a TikTok the other day where someone found out that Mark Wahlberg was Marky Mark. It's like in real time. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh man, I am old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She doesn't want to practice parking because everyone in LA has valet. Everybody has valet. <laughs> I think the obviously we didn't have TikTok in the '90s, but the the '90s version of that would have been finding out that he was Donnie's brother, <laughs> even though it's not like they're hiding those last names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sarah mentions that she donated many of her expensive Italian outfits to Lucy, like the the housekeeper. <laughs> I don't know what Lucy did with those. Uh, yeah, and she also contributed many hours helping two lonely teachers find romance. And he kind of mentions like that. Well, you're just doing that to serve your needs. But you did or did anything that wasn't ninety percent selfish. I'd die of shock. So Cher, well, that's reason enough for me. Cher says, "Would you call me selfish?" And Dion says, "No, not to your face." <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's like a burn, but not. You know. But she she's so earnest though, like. <laughs> I mean, like, there's so many lines of dialogue that, like, they're definitely, like, they're, they're like, look at me, listen to me, listen, hear this line. And there's so many that are just, like, thrown off so casually that are so good. Um, it's a 90s movie, so we get the R word, unfortunately. Yeah, that was, that was a shock. I didn't remember. I didn't, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. They do the, um, the, give the coffee to Mr. Hall and then go do the quick makeover on Mrs. Geist. Get those two together. Gonna be 5'10 like Cindy Crawford. Very glad that she gave the coffee to him because I was watching it. I was like, how many beverages are in front of them? Legs crossed towards each other. That's an unequivocal sex invite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, he's getting her digits. <laughs> Old people can be so sweet. <laughs> and everyone's getting good grades. And then like Elton here, he like gives her like this full on like hug. Like he's practically copying a feel here. It's excessive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sherry apparently gets a standing ovation from the school because she got two teachers laid, which two teachers apparently affected a lot of grades. Yeah, and I mean, one of them is debate. So surely not everyone is taking debate. I mean, maybe it's grades and also just I don't know, like general demeanor. Like I feel like Mr. Hall is like kind of a hard ass, even though he's I don't know, at least in the scenes we've had with him. He seems like he's pretty tolerant to their shenanigans. Yeah. He's not he's like just literally trying to be a teacher. Yeah. 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 In this school. Yeah. Like he's not like Ben Stein. No, know? no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so then her dad is like very impressed that uh, she argued her way from C plus or an A minus. Like it couldn't be uh, happier than if they're based on real grades. <laughs> <laughs> and again. Nice shapes. Yeah. Nice shapes. That's mm. which I'm like, is that sexual? 
I love the uh, the tennis scene here where um, uh, Dion has her note from her tennis instructor. And he doesn't want you to ruin any of his instruction. <laughs> okay. Talk about lines that I would find a way to quote out of any context. Yeah. Amber's doctor's note, but she can't have any balls flying in her face. And Dion says, there goes her social life. I think I used there goes your social mm-hmm. life the other day. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's an all-time classic. Well, and- mine from from the scene is from the scene too, and you could be a farmer in those clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the way she says it too. <laughs> yeah, Cher is feeling so great about you know doing good stuff for other people uh, that she wants a new project, and here comes Ty Frazier, played by Brittany Grunge Murphy, as fuck. grunge, but I like Brittany Murphy. I feel like it's a grunge that doesn't know it's grunge. It's like it's, it's, it's like she's not really it, she's not really dressing to like fit a scene. It's like that's just like the clothes she has like, kind of thing. Yeah, her her fashion in this movie is interesting because there are points where they dress her like a toddler. Well, I mean that shirt she's wearing has a troll doll on it. Yeah, <laughs> but like the outfit she wears at like the warehouse, the inexplicable warehouse party, <laughs> the shorter rolls. Yeah, yeah. Um. There's this is this scene where they're talking is pretty funny. Oh shit, you guys got Coke here? Well, yeah, this is America. <laughs> Never had like straight friends before. Yes. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Those are both the two uh lines that I didn't get until later. It's like, oh, <laughs> she's not talking about Coca-Cola. <laughs> um, so we get the click walk. Including, oh, this is the classic click walk. This yeah. is this is the the one that I love that I don't think you've ever seen in the movie since the Persian Mafia. Yes. <laughs> well, they do the TV station. They think it's the most important thing on earth. Like I feel like it's so hyper specific, but like so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like every other '90s and and movie and onward that does the click walk is just trying to match the greatness of this scene. This is the first one that I ever remember seeing too. Like uh, this is the one that like all others are measured against for me. Mm. Now, I think James and I, we both went to high school in the mm-hmm. 90s in California. That's not equivocal to everyone's high school experience, especially in that decade. But I defy anyone to have had a high school experience that had this many vests. <laughs> There's so many vests. Wait, I, I mean, told, it is like, Elton in the white vest. Yeah. But I mean, it's not just like Elton. Like, there are so many fucking vests in this this movie. I mean, Who we, wears a vest Our, our friend wore a vest. Which one? You know the uh, the actor. Don't you remember that picture of him in drama class? He has that big vest. It's like too, kind of like a shirt underneath. It's too long. You're looking at me like I'm crazy right now. I'll talk to you about it later. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ominous. A yeah. friend. You know the actor. His name wouldn't be Steve, would it? Mm. Oh no! Sorry, our friend Steve. Who? That's right. There's a picture where he's not only wearing a little leather vest. But his his button up undershirt goes down to his like mid thigh. There's <laughs> a look. Yeah. But yeah, we found out that Cher has attitude about high school boys. Uh, as she's saying, if 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 you decide to date a high school boy, you have to date one of the popular ones. But Cher's saving herself for Luke Perry. There's, I don't know this this like precedes so many '90s vehicles that I'm thinking of. But like, it almost makes fun of them. Because Ty points out that they talk like grownups, <laughs> which is like the Dawson's Creek argument for sure. <laughs> but I love the share. It's just like, well, this is a really good school. <laughs> yeah, they're all excited about their project. But uh oh, Ty meets 
Travis Birkenstock there in the lunch line. And it's like, it's obvious that these two are perfect for each other, but Cher's going to be fighting that for most of the movie. Yeah. Well, when you find someone who's as into Marvin the Martian as you are, what are you supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. also doodle Marvin the Martian? <laughs> they were in like the Looney Tunes were like a big thing because of, um, I guess because of Space Jam. Like they had like this whole resurgence, I remember. Yeah, and like everybody's wearing like the Tasmanian Devil shirts mm-hmm. and the Tweety Bird pajama pants. And... Yeah, but it, for me it's hard because I, I feel like I watched the thousand cartoons that were on a day before Space Jam and I've never seen Space either Space Jam. But also there was a there was a period of my life where like Tiny Toons ruled my ass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Water go down the hole. I mean, yeah. Um yeah, so they're talking about drugs at lunch, but like we find out that Ty and Cher are 15. So Cher will turn mm-hmm. 16 over the course of this movie. But does that affect uh our feelings on Cher and Josh at all? Uh, what, it's what, a, it what was a different there? time, you know. Yeah. And how old is, I mean, I know Josh is in college, but how old is he supposed to be? Like, is he a freshman or what? Oh, oh, I I, I turned this movie off the other night and I was like, is he 19? I would is guess he he's at least 20? a junior because he's talking about like what kind of law to go into. I yeah. feel like that's more upper division. But it's like, as yeah. I ask myself this, is he 21? It's like <laughs> each, each moment I keep going, it gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> at least he's not her English teacher. Yeah, classic life lessons from Cher here. Um, it is one thing to spark up a doobie and get laced at parties, but it's quite another to be fried all day. Just what great, great advice from Cher here. I feel like this was kind of shocking for the time, too. Like, ordinarily, you would never see a teen movie where they're like, no, it's okay to get wasted sometimes, but don't do it all the time. Yeah. They would just be like, well, no, time, sex like- and drugs are bad, just so you know. Well, yeah, because I was watching like Saved by the Bell before this, and then they all had their very special episodes, like don't drink or you'll get in a wreck and ruin the big game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or speed. Or their <laughs> um, whatever Jesse's on. The one with the actor guy who shows up to film an anti-drug PSA and it turns yep, out he's trying like, to get all smoke. The smoking mm-hmm. and do it, yeah. Well, because like what again, I feel like prior to this, what I mean, what are the early nineties teen movies? They don't exist. I feel, I feel like I'm going back to the eighties and it's mm-hmm. like I don't know, like less than zero is all about drugs and how cool it is. That's is that a teen movie? They they're playing teenagers mm. in a in a in a horrible Brett Easton Ellis kind of way. <laughs> um, yeah, so Cher's main throw in life is make is a makeover. It gives her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. <laughs> uh, I love when they're watching Brittany Murphy's hair and just the red Kool Aid is just yeah, yeah. cascading down the bathtub. <laughs> Oh my yeah, god! I remember. Sorry, oh, go ahead. I, was, I remember in eighth grade, our yearbook had this weird insert thing that they put at the end of it that was like this, like history thing that this moment in time, and the whole idea was that you would read this, you know, years later, and like this would be like a sense of your life and your world. And I had never heard of, or never actually knew people were doing the Kool Aid dye prior hmm. to that. I had no idea. I was so. Something I I never noticed until this last rewatch is that when they're like doing her makeup and she's got her hair up in curlers, some of the curlers are just Coke cans. Yeah, yeah, this, I don't know, it's it's mildly depressing just because Brittany Murphy passed away seemingly like, what was that, like over a decade ago already now. It's crazy. It seemed like she was about to have like a kind of resurgence too. Was she? Yeah, she was an eight mile. Like, I feel like she was kind of mm. making a comeback there. She has a 
interesting film career with mm-hmm. like she's an uptown girl and uptown girl but like don't is, is it don't say a word with michael douglas that's the i'll never tell right yeah yeah. She's in the coma. Tell. yeah yeah um and she was on king of the hill so yeah and drop dead gorgeous one of my other faves mm-hmm. It's a it's a, so speaking of this scene, it's a good thing that Sharon Josh end up together, I guess, because he walks into this scene and just like leers at her <laughs> as they're doing their um, buns of steel. Buns of steel, yeah. My and buns, then, they don't feel nothing like steel. <laughs> they're both going to read one book a week for like self improvement. Yeah, better for Mars, women from Venus. I like that she actually says, you need to work on your accent and vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) She refers to Josh as the dreaded ex. Yeah. Well, again, the banter. She says, I want to do something good for humanity. And he's like, how about sterilization? Mm -hmm. He's impressed you find someone even more clueless than you are to worship you. Uh, Is this one of your food crimes here? The sandwich that he's making? Yes. First of all, number one. There's so much meat in that crisper, just loose crisper meat. It's like that they're at a bridge is huge too. Yeah. It's, it's like you see that at like a deli or something, mm-hmm. you know, where they've got yeah. like a bunch of cold cuts prepared. Then he applies the mayonnaise directly onto the meat and not at all onto the bread. And it's just a turkey and mayo sandwich. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's well, and I guess you could make the argument that he's mostly just looking at her while he's doing it. But, I mean, this is this is like in PLL yeah. where they, you know, they do all of their kind of like scene work, you know, where they're like constantly like pouring each other uh, glasses of water or like food okay. or whatnot. You know, it's like just something to do. If Ian made that half a sandwich where he was just applying mayo directly to the meat, <laughs> I would never, I would still not stop talking about it. Yeah. Um, Ty knows Most the menacing Memphis. sandwich ever recorded on screen. Yeah. Ty, of course, knows the Mentos theme song because that theme song is catchy as fuck, but... As there was like a said, whole period where like Mentos, like it's like for a long time, their commercial is really weird and goofy, but like they didn't know it. And then I've, eventually it's like they caught on to like the fact that they were like, like a, a meme basically, you know, with like, like the Foo Fighters music video. Yeah. 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 But uh, I believe someone said around this point that Generation X would be the first generation to be nostalgic for the advertising of their youth. <laughs> I believe it <laughs> because... I mean, I could probably name like five commercials that I remember from the 90s, like the milk commercials. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the holidays now. So there's those like M&M's commercials that's been on since the 80s. And the oh, you mean the one um, from the movie theaters? The one with Santa in it. The, oh, OK. They do exist. Yeah. yeah. And the, the Hershey Bells. But as I referenced the uh, the fucking weird coffee ad where the brother's coming home from who knows where. And the little sister's just like, they stayed up for you. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Oh, yeah, they make it seem like he's coming home from war yeah. <laughs> to his sister can, who is in love with him. So. You can find articles about it. I'm not the only person who was like, yeah. I guess shipping against my will, this is relationship. Yeah. Um, so I think this is when Travis invites them to parties in the valley and Sharers mm-hmm. could kind of trying to dissuade Ty from Travis, you know. And she says, you've got something that no one at the school has. She goes, oh, I'm not a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mystery. Okay, this is pretty funny. Travis gives Ty this flyer for the party in the valley. 35 seconds later, she's like, do you think Travis will be there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Ty, I do. (laughs) I don't think I ever have been to a high school party that's had a flyer. 
but that's definitely a thing in movies and TV shows. Yeah, like I mean, rays have flyers. I used to see flyers for like rays and whatnot around, but yeah, just like someone's random party at a house. Like, like there's a one attending club on you where they throw it around the <laughs> stairs, and I know yeah. Veronica Mars has that one with a code around it. And oh yeah. What's the what's the like? Like her name is Mary, not like you marry her. <laughs> go. Well, like I want, I want the the scene about the committee to do the flyer where they're like, "Look, we're all gathered here because Jerry's flyer is obviously terrible. There's seven <laughs> fonts. We don't know what time it is. We don't know where the party is. Like, who went to Kinko's to make the copies? You know? Yeah. Who, who's reimbursing me? I've got receipts here. <laughs> so Cher decides to tell some white lies about how she saw Elton checking Ty out just to redirect Ty's attention to one of the popular boys, which like. I don't know, like, I feel like there's a morality lesson here for Cher, but it's it's fairly lighthearted, you know? Like, I never feel like Cher is being, like, a straight-up villain or anything, but no. just, like, mostly just kind of naive. It just feels good getting other people laid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the photo-taking sequence, and she has to keep telling Ty, like, move closer, move closer. <laughs> One thing that my main question is, what is Amber's relationship to these people? Like, is she a friend of me? Is she like, are they actually friends? Cause they seem to hate her, but then she's in their pictures. She's in the music video at the beginning of the show, like, or the movie, like what, what's their deal? I mean, I would think like, Oh, she's just rich. So she's in the popular clique, but I think they make fun of her later for like having something like that's from a thrift store. Isn't there like some sort of line? Going about through Cher's laundry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, because you wear the dress. same dress that Cher yeah. just wore. Yeah. But, but maybe like, she's uh, rich, but just not like as plugged in, but she's de facto popular. I think in the TV show, she's full on like in the click because mm-hmm. there's no tie character. And so I think it's a trio of, of Stacey Dash, Sharon and Amber. But yeah, as, as we all did in the nineties, just a little impromptu photo shoot for fun. At school, with, I guess. With your DSLR. That's not even a DSLR. That's an SLR camera. Uh, a little bit on share. Elton clearly gives her a look about put your arm around Ty, and he he yeah, gives her the roll of the rolls eyes. His eyes. Yeah, come come on, share. Oh, yeah. he's he's so handsy with her. He's constantly all over her, but she's clueless to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Murray drives them to the party in the valley. Oh, before that, real quick, yeah, scene where the Ty meets her dad and she says, Daddy, it's my friend Ty. Get out of my chair. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't talk to her once <laughs> the entire dinner. Ty just like scrambles that way out of the chair. Which I love though is that Ty sits where I think he would normally sit at a table with two other people, mm-hmm. as opposed to Josh, who sits on the other side of Cher. Mm-hmm. As if there's a camera here, it's just easier to have all three of you in the shot. Uh, but yeah, uh, the party in the valley. I love this party. I love that at the end of it, uh, one of the other girls, I think it's summer, is just like taking one of the uh, like the cr- Christmas lawn ornaments home with her. Well, the, the cord is hanging out the window, so the, and it's on. So that thing is still plugged in. So <laughs> yeah, like, what happens yeah. when they drive away? Yeah. Also, paper maps. Oh yeah, we'll Thomas look at the top guide. of the map. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Murray is immediately dancing with some other girl the moment they walk into this party. I, I don't uh, feel like I've mentioned it yet, but I absolutely love Murray, the Donald Faison character. He's so oh yeah. fucking funny in this. He's great. The scene where he's getting his hair head shades. That's just like burning my brain. It's the bomb. Yeah. I think they gave him braces for this movie. 
Mm. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so I compiled all the uh, would-be casting for this movie for for when we're done. But like mm-hmm. Paul Rudd auditioned for this role because right. when he read it, for he Marie, assumed yeah. that this it was a white kid who thought he was a rapper. <laughs> it might have been the name Murray. I don't know. Cher uh, is wearing a ridiculous red dress for this party. That's like this is like just kind of a grungy house party, and she's like looking like she's like on a red carpet. What is she going to look bad? I, mean, I guess not. Ah, uh, suck and blow. Yeah. There's a whole DVD extra about how that game was played and how difficult it was. They're like drilling holes in the credit card, like trying to make it all work. So it was like chapstick, right? It was like the final solution. I think so. I think yeah. so. We actually see Cher like smoke a joint here. Felt very yeah. transgressive. <laughs> Pretend like something's funny. That's always <laughs> a good move. Travis is like very confused by that. Uh, yeah, so they make fun of Amber for dancing of Cat in the Hat, and obviously it's just like the, using the footage you have. But after Murray's shaved head, she is right back with the Cat in the Hat. Yeah, and this is the uh, D and and Murray are going to be arguing for like the rest of the party. Like she's locked in the bathroom, threatening to call his mom. <laughs> I so the movie pauses at the end that like like when they're alone and there's no one around they're actually quite sweet with each other mm-hmm. i i have to wonder though too is is the movie saying that they really just need to like bang it out mm, i mean you know they go from tactical to non-existent later in the movie so <laughs> yeah that's yeah. part of it uh, it feels like there's always that one high school couple that they yeah. date for forever and they're always just fighting about being dramatic about something yeah uh travis is a reckless maniac what would guys do to impress them? Yeah. There's some like random party shots, like where it'll just be like an outside shot of the party and this dude's just like collapsing on the sidewalk. Or later, the dude like vomiting in the pool. That's vomiting so the gross. Pool. That is so gross. <laughs> uh, like this house looks so of, trashed. Lots of ridiculous dance moves at this party. Mm-hmm. Playing uh, rolling I'll, with the homies. R.I.P. Coolio. Mm-hmm. I do love this. Like, Sorry, good. I was just saying, I feel like saying. R.I.P. whoever throughout this movie. Yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally. Okay, so I know it doesn't matter because it's a movie, but it's like I always have to wonder who the fuck's party is this? Why would these kids party all in the valley? I mean, like party in the of, valley. One of Travis's friends, maybe, or something. Yeah, who knows? But the movie is like we know you like these characters, even if you like to make fun of them or we like to make fun of them. They're going to be in every scene, like the warehouse party, which is like Josh's like friends. Why are Elton and Amber there? Who cares? Well, it's, it's funny to compare this party to the party in like Do Revenge, where it's this like insanely rich, like LA, like Nepo baby socialite party or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's where you a, have to have your Ivy League acceptance to get in. Is that right? Yeah. 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 There's a move that Cher does. It's all been like burned into my brain where she's just kind of like grooving along, dancing. And then she suddenly sees that uh, Ty is talking to Travis again. She like narrows her eyes and like, <laughs> Makes a beeline for it's a solid eye narrow, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the dance that she does of Ty, uh, is like Buffy and Xander in, in season two, episode one. Don't you, did I ever thank you? No, don't you wish that I would? I mean, it is a little bit seductive. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, classic LA party with the helicopter overhead and the searchlight that's basically <laughs> in the party. Ty getting like a shoe, like kicked off somebody's foot or forehead. Um, Dan Hedaya's phone call. I don't think even the '90s, everything in LA was 20 minutes from each other. 
Well, I mean, if we depends on how you define L.A., I guess you know. Yeah. Like the, the parts of L.A. that he considers L.A. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, the ask her something. Uh, what's seven times seven? Stuff she knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, puking. Dude's puking in the pool. Cher's got like her nice coat on. <laughs> Where are you, Kuwait? Excuse <laughs> me. Yeah. And this is such a California LA conversation about like, well, you take Wilshire to Canon and that becomes keep going back and forth. Like it's it's so obvious at this point that uh Elton's trying to peel Cher off from the herd here to get her alone. <laughs> Meanwhile, Summer's just like sticking that snowman still plugged in <laughs> into her car. On the car ride, Elton is just back on his cranberries bullshit. Singing along to it, yeah. Like if he had been born 20 years later, there would be a, a Taylor Swift song about this guy. He'd probably be listening to Taylor Swift in, in yeah. his car. Oh, yeah. oh he, it, he would see his difference is if the red album was about him, he would post a picture of himself wearing the scarf <laughs> <laughs> under his vest or over his vest. Both. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cher is just not getting like she keeps on trying to bring up Ty. And he just keeps turning it back to her, and she's just like, oh, "Yeah, without Ty, why would I go with Ty? Why not? Why not? Why not? Do you even know who my father is?" <laughs> <laughs> Which all we know about his father is that, that Ty, Elton could basically get into any concert. Yeah, he, the Elton's a social director. Yeah. Like, did she really not know, or is she willfully oblivious, or just like? actually oblivious like she's clueless i mean i think Hmm. she doesn't really date guys so she may not totally have her radar for that kind of thing you know um she's she's just decided she's not interested in high school boys so she's not really like paying attention to it but yeah he keeps on trying to make out with her and she keeps pushing her him off she eventually gets out of the car and he does the like classic like come on get back in come on get back in whatever and just like tries away (laughs) Leave her to gas station. I love the leave me alone. Okay, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> but she does um, like she'll stick up for Ty, you know. And he's like, "Oh, do you know who my father is?" And she's like, "Oh, you're a snob." Like even though she's clearly like rich and you know yeah. privileged and whatnot, she's not like you know looking down on other people. I mean, even the way she handles her disinterest and tie associating with Travis. It's, it's still very careful. You know, it's not besmirching him as a human being. Um, uh, so the, the IMDb trivia, Paul Rudd also got mugged while making this movie. He stole script. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, uh, the noises that she makes when she's like, particularly like vexed or frustrated, you know, <laughs> it just kind of like squeal. She has to get on the ground. Yeah. And a little foot stomp. <laughs> This uh, is like a totally important designer. He'll totally shoot you in the head. He's like, just count to like a hundred. Thanks. Yeah. Um, uh, not to be that guy. She calls Josh for a ride. She's mm-hmm. just been mugged. It's not a collect call. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's got a quarter on her or something. Maybe, maybe her dress has pockets. He knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Pacific Bell. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Uh, Josh is like, you know, starting to get busy with some chick at a, at a dorm room here. Is this, I guess this is his, his, no, this would be his place, I guess at home. Cause he, yeah. he takes this girl like to her place. 
Yeah. Later. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh is, uh, I don't know. He's like, I'm with a girl. Music is like the uh, uh, Counting Crows doing a cover. Yes. <laughs> um, jo- well, I this never, girl's I- beret. Like, this is just such a perfect, like, yeah. you know, college chick, like trying to, you know, like having these like important, intelligent discussions. I, I just love the Cher rolling her eyes in the backseat and all of it. Perhaps the thing that doesn't hold up shares infatuation with Mel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> the public's relationship with Mel Gibson has changed yeah. over the years. Yeah, for sure. And and Josh loses points of his girlfriend by laughing when Cher takes her down by calling out something from the Franco Zeffirelli movie. It's like Hamlet said, to thine own self be true. No, Hamlet didn't say that. Uh, that Polonius guy did. I like how Josh is like laughing at this. He's like very amused. I and yeah, I I so she, he walks a girlfriend to the, to her door, kisses her, and this is again like I was so not paying attention to the movie in all the ways. Her voiceover, Cher's voiceover, is talking about everything is bad. Her eyes are locked onto Josh. Yeah, it's big puppy dog eyes, and it's like it's like she doesn't know herself why this is bugging her and why she's suddenly feeling so lonely here but she'll eventually get it. this is where she says my life is turning into a bigger disaster than malibu yeah which like what does that mean i feel like yeah. maybe that was like something from an early draft or a cutscene or something yeah she has like so, a, a masseuse that just comes to her house at some point incredible fabian the yeah. dream mm-hmm. yeah fabian said uh, i had a lot of attention attention in my back so the three girls go to what is supposed to be california pizza kitchen <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, that they, they couldn't use the product placement because they're like using breadsticks to talk about dicks or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we find out that Cher is still a virgin or hymenally challenged. That one didn't waiting, take off. She's waiting for Luke Perry, which makes sense. But the, her line reading of, you see how picky I am of my shoes and they only go on my feet is... Classic. Yeah. And Ty gets emotional to roll in with the homies, which... Is playing a lot in this movie. It's everywhere, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like we saw her like do like a a nice singing version of that at the party, and then here she does like the crying version of it and just starts banging her head on the table. <laughs> oh, I would love if the of a, a Coolio retrospective came out and it's just like rolling with the homies parentheses crying version. <laughs> This whole bit where she's like, okay, I don't get high school boys or this was like totally playing on MTV constantly. Like just this little clip of it. Mm-hmm. It would just like be this weird bumper, like between music videos. Yeah. Yeah. Put on some baggy pants and a backwards cap and we're expected to like swoon. Yeah. Thanks. So. Is she wrong though? <laughs> no, this guy's looked gross. So yeah. Searching don't. for a boy in high school is as useless as searching for meaning in a Polly Shore movie. <laughs> Enter Christian. <laughs> Uh, the gay Jason Priestley. <laughs> this I, guy. I'm I, just gonna. I'm just gonna throw out to the room for no specific reason. This guy, short king. He's fairly short, yeah. But I mean, like, this guy walks into every room like he zoot suit owns the like he's a member it. of the Rat Pack, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, in the background, Elton is caressing some girl's face and then sh- and sharing his cranberry CD with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christian, the good word. Christian, yeah. this first line is, "Where should I park?" <laughs> uh, 
the the one slang that I had no idea what that meant in the nineties. Nice stems. <laughs> yeah, she does her little move to elbow her uh, pen off, so we'll pick it up. Yeah, it's so blatant and so mm-hmm. good. And then she has the, the violence on TV thing. I still think about this all the time. It's like, if we can't stop, you know, violence in reality in the real world, then we can't take it away from TVs. And need it TV shows that need it for entertainment value. It's time for your oral. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sending flowers and and chocolate and like love letters to yourself, not so bad. Um, meanwhile, he's reading William S. Burroughs in the background. <laughs> Junkie, yeah. Uh, what's the uh, line? Anything you can do to draw attention to your mouth is good. And also, sometimes you have to show a little skin. That reminds guys of being naked, and then they think of sex. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. Elton, listen to that cranberry CD on his headphones behind her. Just loves those cranberries. Uh, yeah, so the dad has a bunch of clerks over. Josh is like there to go through depositions. Christian walks in with, uh, what do you hear? <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Josh like takes off his hat and like shoves it into his chest. Like Josh immediately hates this guy too. I mean, it's obvious that like whenever Cher is with any boy, like Josh gets annoyed. Do you drink? No, thanks. I'm cool. <laughs> and then again, this, this Dan Hedaya line will be burned in my memory forever. What's with you kid. You think the death of Sammy Davis left an opening in the rap? Yes. I like when he rings the doorbell and shares, can you get it? I have to make him wait a little bit. He can wait outside. <laughs> hey, you. If anything happens to my daughter, I have a 45 and a shuttle. I doubt you will be missed. Or I doubt that, anyone would miss you. That's just an all-time line. Yeah, it's one of the one of the best lines ever. Uh, that's one thing I like about Cher's uh, dad in this, is he's not, like, an idiot. And he clearly cares for Cher. And, like, he's a good dad. You know, he's not like that, like, bumbling idiot that's so often in these kinds of movies. Like, you know, he's just a lawyer and kind of yeah, scary. He's, he's distracted a lot, but yeah, he's not stupid. <laughs> he clocks this guy immediately. It's like, what's with yeah. you, kid? Yeah. It almost makes you wonder what he would think about his daughter dating his stepson. But he kind of knows because when Josh is talking about like, should I go to the party? I should go to the party. I'll keep an eye on her. He's like, okay, yeah, it, it, it seems like, like he kind of knows. Josh, yeah, it seems like he kind of knows. I mean, I guess the first time I watched this movie, I read that like back in the nineties. I read that as you're actually he knows you're actually a better big brother than you let on. But like now, when I watch it, it's it's like I think he kind of knows what's going on. Are you giving your silent blessing to this? I mean, I don't know. There's there's the age thing, but otherwise, like they are not related, and seemingly the marriage didn't last very long. So it's like I don't know. Is that is that what what defines it? How long the marriage lasted? I, I don't know. I mean, is is Woody Allen using that? Also, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is he is he Richie and Margot Tenet bombing in this? <laughs> um, the cut to the mighty mighty Boston's. Also, that guy is terrifying. I, I, I oh, remember this. I remember this <laughs> yeah. from like when I first watched it. That guy's mouth is just terrifying. Yeah. Well, so it's a big sweaty man in a suit. But uh, yeah, Josh again, jealous, overprotective gonna go to this party to keep an eye on this guy but i'm like this is your friend's party josh why aren't you already there well he's i don't know helping out with the legal thing or whatever it, there's yeah. also the bit where he's just like hey you gonna let her go out like that and he's like what the hell is that you call that address it's calvin yeah. klein yeah but, says who? but back to mighty mighty boss tones do you remember when bands just had their own dancers i mean that was like 
That was a thing. That was a, a thing. It's like, oh my God, this band's so cool. They just have a guy as part of their band who doesn't do anything. Isn't yeah. that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually they were like, let's give this guy a job. Let him at least be the DJ in our band. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The tie falling down the stairs is still unequivocally hilarious. Even though she is dressed like something Mary Kate and Asher would have worn on Full House. Totally. That's very true. Like, she might as well have gotten up and said, how rude. <laughs> Elton's dancing with Amber here. No, he's probably what? just dancing with her. And it's, like, totally filling her up. What is his outfit? Is he a pirate? Is he the Goblin King? What is he wearing here? It's all about those sleeveless, like, vests and overshirts in the 90s, man. Yeah. Hey, Christian, what do you think of Amber? Hagsville. <laughs> <laughs> Dig this. They're charging for brewskis. What is that noise he makes after, like, the dog whimper? Yeah, so uh, she just gives I, him some cash. I don't know the guy. I don't even know the name of the actor who plays Christian. This guy's great in this movie, though. Like, I, I, I don't know. And then Netflix mindset again. I wish this was a TV show. Like with all these actors, I would, I would tune in every week or every you know episode for them. Uh, the guy that Josh is talking to this warehouse party looks like Ricky Jay. Mm. I, I love that they're like kind of swooning over him. Like, oh, look how he ignores every other girl. He's <laughs> <laughs> chatting up the bartender. He's also got a a classically terrible laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh has uh, somehow found the oldest guy in the room to talk to. <laughs> and then uh, what's her face? Uh, Ty is just kind of standing around alone. So eventually Josh goes over and dances with her. Uh, and then the greatest way to end this scene is watching the guy from Mighty Mighty Boston's try to crowd surf <laughs> and then instantly regret it. <laughs> yeah, he crowd surfs for like a second and a half, maybe. I, I <laughs> couldn't believe they left that in the movie. <laughs> There's like 10 people there. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the like end, Josh is like, or not Josh, um, uh, Christian's still just like dancing by himself in the background. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's very obvious these girls want to go home. Like yeah, Ty's, Ty's fully out. asleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I got the skinny on the happening after party," and she's like, "Yeah, we want to go home." So Josh they, is very willing to drive them home. So they drop Ty off. Now it's just the two of them in the car. Josh is like, "You know what I need is I need some more fake plastic trees. <laughs> I need it." So they get takeout for the lawyers. Dan Hedaya gets what looks like a hoagie burger. It looks I mean, that, good. He does not get to eat it. That, but that is a burger. It's like, like um, the bun is. It's an elongated long. burger. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like that could have caught on. I mean, you know, America doesn't need that, but it could have caught on. I feel like I don't know if it was a like some restaurant, maybe Burger King used to have something shaped like that. I don't think it was a burger. That chicken sandwich. Maybe that chicken, long sandwich, chicken sandwich. Yeah. yeah. The original chicken sandwich. That was apparently sometimes, like the worst fast food thing of all time <laughs> you could eat or something. And then sometimes they'll slap marinara on and call it and call it their Italian. Yeah. <laughs> they got the scene uh, of them watching Ren and Stimping. It's another just sort of like casual physical intimacy thing where she's just like brushing her hair out and kind of like, you know, poking him in the face and stuff. It's like there's all these kind of little moments like that that they'll, of course, flash back to at the end to show like, oh, they were in love with each other the whole time. She... 
maybe does not look more adorable in this movie than she does right here. Yeah, this is my favorite one of the two of them. Also, her cozy clothes are jeans, which is just insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he refers Some people wear a, jeans at home, you know? Not not after a night out. Um, he refers himself as a brother type, and she's like, you are not my brother. She's very mm. emphatic about that. What are you doing, stepbrother? Yeah. Um, yeah, Brandon Steffi way existential. And then we get the the 2001 reference. Um, oh, the yeah, monolith like, and whatnot. The monolith and the phone. Yeah. I love the Christian said he would call the next day, but in boy time, that means Thursday. <laughs> so I think it's implied that dad's out of town being a lawyer when Christian's coming over. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, so they got to work on a lighting scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The preparation for this day is one of my favorite parts. It's just, it's so funny. And when a boy's coming over, you got to have something baking just drops the whole roll of cookie dough. <laughs> is that what that is? The cookie dough? Yeah. I wrote I, down. Is that I, rolls? Yeah. It's like a Pillsbury cookie right, dough right, roll okay. thing. Okay, okay. I think like I originally thought cookies. it was like some sort of meat thing or something. Like, what the hell is? <laughs> oh, that? I thought it was like rolls that you're supposed mm-hmm. to separate. But yeah, just the whole thing of like drop cookies. Yeah, uh, I don't rely on mirrors, so I always take Polaroids. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love that that she then goes and does all the fashion stuff. Like she just she puts that thing in the oven so early. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks she's uh, gonna go all the way tonight. Got a very nice red dress on, and she's she's got the very '90s hair swoop to one side thing. That like mm-hmm. I feel like I guess that's just out of fashion now. Like like people were doing that constantly in the early '90s. But as soon as he walks in, something burning. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the all of the little signs are hilarious, but the uh, he's really in the Tony Curtis. <laughs> so some like it hot, and then she says Sporadicus. Sporadicus. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she she's like, "We want to go in the pool," and he's like, "No, nah, let's watch the movie." And yeah. she's like, "What are you doing with your feet there?" Oh, my feet are cold. <laughs> he just like puts a pillow over them, and they're like, "It takes him a while to get like seemingly he he thought that she like until cool. this moment was like not into him romantically and like was just like being a friend, and suddenly he's like, "Oh, I need to yeah. go." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you can see him mentally doing the oh mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Um the Also, how long was he planning on staying cuz Spartacus is long. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um so many times we had to see recreations of the share trying to look hot and fall off the bed. Yeah, the ladies brush her hair. Yes, classic. <laughs> cuz I mean, it's it's great physical comedy. Like she's so good at it. Mhm. It's uh, it's really crazy that she's this good in this movie, like because she was just the girl in the Aerosmith videos. Like she's in like three of them, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's good in those, but it's just a music video, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, she's actually like a really great actor. Which I believe was her bona fides. Like she didn't even have to audition for this. Yeah, I mean, it it made sense. Like she's obviously anyone who watches MTV yeah. knows her, and it's like, oh yeah, it's a girl from the Aerosmith video. Yeah, <laughs> I watched those Tyler. videos. A lot. Oh yeah, I didn't even like Aerosmith, but like you just had to watch no. those videos. No, I, I don't know what I thought of Aerosmith, but I watched yeah. a lot of Aerosmith videos <laughs> growing up, like a lot, you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Murray has to point out that Christian is gay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with a, a lot of euphemisms that probably don't fly these days. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the uh, the horror scene of Dion accidentally taking them onto the freeway. I love the D-line. He does have great fashion. Yeah. <laughs> the boy can dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love this part. The whole freeway scene is so funny. <laughs> the old woman giving her the finger. <laughs> <laughs> the Hell's Angels. <laughs> it's like well, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. It's it's shot so cheaply but so effectively because they just do the thing where like they'll they'll zoom in on the grill of the truck, which could be like twenty feet away, and then zoom out onto like Stacy Dash's face as she's screaming. It it just works so well. I think what really makes it is the um when the semi is coming up behind him. Uh, and Donald Faison turns around and does this like crazy scream. I feel like that was the moment where like somebody saw that and they're like, he needs to be in like 10 more movies. This guy's great. But but where were they? He wasn't he in a lot of stuff. I don't know. I'm going to go look up this IMDb. I, you, you should. I, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of actors that Donald Faison should have eaten their lunch. Um, but yeah, we get the boy getting off the free. It makes you realize how important love is. <laughs> After that, Dion's virginity went from technical to non-existent. non-existent. And the way they're kissing is so just aggressive. And like, she's just grabbing his face. And it's like, and Cher's just sitting there watching. Just like, this is cool. I'm cool yeah. with what's happening. Yeah. I'm a coat rack. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ty will hang out with some fucking losers at the mall. Um, oh yeah this is where uh after she's kind of reconciled the fact that christian's gay she's like actually it's awesome having a gay best friend and you know we can go shopping together and he's totally cool and yeah these like guys are holding ty like over the railing christian has like a little moment here where he like goes and like rescues her and like pushes the other guy like that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because it's like it never quite veers into people being stereotypes. Like mm-hmm. you said earlier, like they're all good characters. They all get their moments to like shine. And this is Christians and it's great. Cause like, you know, it's a little more like macho as opposed to just her shopping buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and his whole, his whole, I don't know what, what, what the zoot suit guy affect is, mm-hmm. is very tough, you know? Yeah. Uh, his whole, like his whole like daddy Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, now we have Daddy. Back then, we had Daddy-O. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, we skipped right past Zaddy-O. I don't know. Anyway, so when we're back at school and like Ty is like telling everyone about her brush of death, that's when we see someone eating in the snack wells. Uh, I had a good chuckle with that. Um, this guy with the earring cuts off Cher to hear more from Ty about how <laughs> Excuse me, spiritual she <laughs> yeah, her near-death experience was. And yeah, Amber has like... those tiny little reading glasses on the chain. Yes. <laughs> yeah it's like ty's like near-death experience where like some guys are just like teasing her and Cher's like well i know when i was held at gunpoint and they're like excuse me can you shut up we were listening to her travis comes over to show ty that he can spit something directly in the air and then catch it yeah i feel like it's it's really effective as showing that Cher is like going through some stuff here and like feeling you know disconnected but it's not like she's suddenly a pariah or anything mm-hmm. it's just like she's no longer the center of attention Right. But the, the the point where she gets to a place where she can notice that Ty like like shooing Travis away mm-hmm. is like wrong. She's, it, she's well, and it's and it's that she has created that monster in a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then Yeah, she's Dion, veering into mean girl territory where Cher never really did. Yeah. But, but maybe Cher is also considering herself at that point, you know, and like maybe maybe there are some habits that she has taught Ty, you know, that she right. should reconsider for herself. And then Dion has a very serious question for Ty, which is, have you ever done it in water? <laughs> this doesn't sponge work. <laughs> uh, what was happening? Dion asking Ty for sex advice? Ty being the most popular girl in school? Well, who else is 
Dion going to ask for sex advice? It's certainly not going to be Cher. Maybe Amber? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Amber's, I don't know. How many lines does Amber have in this? Like three or something? Yeah, yeah. We don't get a lot from Amber. Uh, So we didn't really have, we didn't have earbuds at this Mm -hmm. point, right? We had just headphones. Uh, We did, but they sucked. Like they were were awful. Yeah, they were like the yellow ones Mm -hmm. that like went in your, yeah. Just picture though, if Amber and Elton have sex and like halfway through, I'm sure it's very sensual, it's very mm-hmm. slow. A lot of cranberries. Then, yeah, I was like, then he pulls out the headphones and they try to each get an ear. But I think they got a they got like the you know the studio monitors who are just flipping around like that, you know. Oh, there you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. They're like almost cheek to cheek to listen mm-hmm. to the cranberries <laughs> when they have sex. Um, but yeah, this uh, driving test where she almost <laughs> hits this biker. Yeah. <laughs> and just sides white so truck. Should I leave a note? Should I leave a note? <laughs> do they? <laughs> it doesn't seem like they do. <laughs> How did I do? How did you do? <laughs> <laughs> you almost killed somebody, say somebody. Offhand, I'd say you failed. Imagine going home at night, telling your like spouse, I told a teenager today that I was the Messiah of the DMV. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, Cher comes home. Josh and Ty are hacky sacking. I love her line delivery when they're like, "Oh, has a field has a license," and she says, "Me, I don't wouldn't wouldn't know. I failed." <laughs> and you can tell she's a little annoyed already at Ty being so close to Josh. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ty needs to burn the items in her Elton box, <laughs> which is not the cassette tape, though. Not that she's like, I'll hang on to that. <laughs> Yeah, don't burn Which, that. obviously, it should have been a cranberry CD. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> She's like, I have his cranberry CD. <laughs> his Horcrux. And she's like, it's our, you know, what inspired this, like, you know, sudden change? And it's like, oh, I, I met this new guy. He's, like, so great. He makes Elton, you know, look like a loser. Oh, who is it? It's Josh. <laughs> okay. The red flag, though, is her signs that Josh is into her. Is he's always finding ways to touch her or tickle her. Why is that, Josh? <laughs> yeah because yeah, she's 15-ish but like none of well, I mean so sure but yeah. like none of these like boys have boundary <laughs> spatial awareness I guess that's just the 90s but uh, yeah Cher's not wrong Ty and Josh would not mesh well <laughs> do you think he likes you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't mesh well that's another line that's burned into my brain and Ty, Ty picks up immediately, like, what, am I some sort of mentally challenged airhead? No, not even. Why am I even listening well, to you? You're just the virgin who can't drive. <laughs> we harsh, Ty. Mm. Did, you, did you see the thing with Brittany Murphy where she was 17 while making this movie, so her mom had to be on set every time she was on set? And she was like, later on, she said it was ironic because I was also 17 and could, was, could not virgin drive. Virgin who couldn't drive, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she does this like walk around. Is this like Rodeo Drive where she's like at? Um, I feel like there's a scene missing here because she references Josh hating on her. And I don't think we've ever seen that. No, I think there was a brief line in the previous scene. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. But I, I think it's just about her being selfish or something like that. Hmm. Also, she is walking around with nothing, just nothing. No, no phone. No wallet, no keys, just nothing. Just too despondent to shop. 
How did she get oh, there, first oh, of yeah. all? Well, she does have the, ooh, do they have that in my size? Yeah, yeah and then she's walking around with bags, so I guess she's just buying things on, like, her tab. Yeah. <laughs> my tab. And she starts to think about Josh and get the flashbacks and smiling at her. So he's kind of a Baldwin. <laughs> Josh needs Which... someone with imagination, someone to take care of him. Someone to laugh at his jokes in case he ever makes any. In case he ever makes any. The carousel running through my mind. I was just like, are there any good Baldwins left? No. Maybe it, Billy, because he's quiet. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess it depends on how you feel about Billy Baldwin. Because he's a hermit. <laughs> he like he retired to like Dimple Island or whatever. So I think Alicia Silverstone would have been like 18 or 19 when she filmed this. And just I'm looking up now. She's born in 76. Hmm. But yeah, she has a revelation with the the lights coming on and the fountain behind her. Yeah. I love Josh. I am majorly, totally butt crazy in love with Josh. We get all the the cuts of them kind of showing, you know, how how playful they are with each other there. And then suddenly she's very nervous sitting around him. She's like sitting like kind of rigid, you know, back straight next to him, Norm- not saying anything. Normally she would just hang out in her cutest outfit. And send herself flowers, does. yeah. She does look adorable here. Um, but yeah, as they watch something about Bosnia, she says, I thought they declared peace in the Middle East. <laughs> uh, I like how much Mel just has the entire firm come over to his house. Yeah, as he's giving a little pep talk to his dad here, you know, about how, like, any boy that doesn't like you is an idiot. Uh, but also, okay. can you, like, highlight you know, all the uh, September 3 conversations <laughs> yeah. here? Okay, his line reading, though, she's just like, I like a boy, but he likes someone else. And he's like, how could that be? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, this boy's a complete moron. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think I want you being with someone who's this dumb. Uh, And then then we learn about the Pismo Beach disaster, which I was exactly 20, 22 years old before I looked up that that was a fictitious disaster. Same, same, same here. That was was like... The golf course get like destroyed by a hurricane. Like, what are we assuming happened here? I just assumed it was like I don't know, like whatever. I don't know some oil spill or something. You know, I don't know what goes on in Pismo Beach, but uh, yeah, no, not real. Who knew? I just decided at some point I don't give a fuck about Pismo Beach. I just assume that's real. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so you know. She learns about that. She wants to make over her soul. Uh, yeah, again, we realizing that Christian's actually like really, you know, interested in wanting things to be beautiful and interesting. And Dion and Murray are cute when no one's watching. Miss Geist, poor Miss Geist, always trying to get us involved. And so she decides she wants to help. And that's before uh, Elton says, uh, "Can I use the pass?" Yeah, <laughs> always trying to get a class. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, I would I would just pause it that it doesn't hurt that Deanna Murray are now probably insatiable fuck machines. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Cher is right. The folks affected by Pismo Beach disaster definitely need some new skis. <laughs> <laughs> that includes athletic equipment, yeah. And caviar. The uh, yeah, he didn't like this red caviar anyway, right? <laughs> um, the club tables. The Amber just has a table for let's talk about sex. We're going to be talking about everything. There's a Save the Earth chick who's getting, like, no takers, and everyone signed up for Pismo Beach Relief. Which, like, I don't know, 
is this kind of a joke just because everything i know about pismo beach is that it's just like a kind of like mid like mid california like beach town where there's a nice golf course so it was it was, it, also i read I, I when i was googling like what is this that they're talking about there's some article in the la times about that exact thing someone not realizing that pismo beach disaster was not a thing it was a place on the way to i think hearst manor or hearst mansion or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so people just stop there all the time and that's it that's all there is to it i think <laughs> like the like, u.s open is there for golf or something yeah so it's maybe the joke is that like these people don't really need the relief or something. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, because we don't, I mean, someday in the words of tool, learn to swim, like California will sink into the ocean, mm-hmm. but we don't really think about like California disasters other than fashion. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's have wildfires so. now, but yeah. um, there's a shot of Amber, like carrying a Tiffany and go bag through <laughs> this like massive, uh, you know, like, relief organization here like as if some as as if anything from tiffany would be required for relief of this beach well like i don't know like it's so funny is that this movie's made in the 90s we still kind of idolize the rich and the wealthy i mean we still had lifestyles of the rich and famous was syndicated on tv yeah, i don't we know but that. like but not like it is now is so good at like like taking them down and showing how ridiculous they are then we're in like 2022 where we hate the rich. We're going to eat them alive. We're waiting for that storm to come. But like and the Kardashians like is revenge. also like a very popular. Yeah. But like do revenge show, comes out and still kind of idolizes. Mm-hmm. the I, I feel like the rich are much more idolized now than they were in the nineties. I mean, cause huh. it, like in, in the nineties, it was like, if somebody's a millionaire, that was like, Oh, they're, they're rich. Now it's like, unless you're a billionaire, it's like, you know, who cares? Well, then in my ripe old age of get that ball out of my yard, I'm going to blame it on social media. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, um, Travis <laughs> donating his bong. Well, <laughs> first of all, kitchenware yeah. divided the box of donated food into entrees and appetizers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Travis is, uh, he's in this program. It's got steps. Oh, there's 12 of them. I don't know. Do you need, do you need a 12 step program for being a stoner? But whatever. Apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His amateur skating league. I feel like he lasts one whole afternoon in this amateur skating league and then his elbow breaks in a weird way. For some reason, I was like misremembering. I'm like, does he like totally eat shit in the skating scene or something? But no, he doesn't. He's, he's that would have been incredible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would be great if at the wedding, he's just like missing his front teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not being high constantly has really taken his uh, skateboarding to the next level. Uh, so Ty shows up to make up of Cher. Has she somewhat reverted back to her former look? I think so. She seems kind more, of. I don't know, conservative. Her hair's like in little like pigtails. Like I feel like they're dressing her in a, a way that isn't quite as like glamorous, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like she's got more of her original accent too. Like she mm-hmm. sounds a little bit more like she did at the beginning. That thing never went away. <laughs> um, There's some... Uh, some uh, pretty incredible empty cup acting in there with the tiny little Starbucks cup. Yeah. 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 I mean, God, Starbucks must have been fairly new to California at this point, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they both kind of apologize to each other and hug it out. And now they're going to watch Travis Birkenstock do, Birkenstock do some skating. This movie might be pre Amazon or like at the right oh, at the beginning yeah. of Amazon. Amazon's yeah. like 98, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, so Cher's helping Josh and like and some guy from Mel's law firm go through the paperwork at the at the home office there. Uh 
the guy the guy law firm is not incorrect because like josh is just drooling over her oh they're they're I definitely get. flirting the whole time oh and we should which mention I that share share notices that uh ty is obviously still super infatuated with travis and it's like okay like josh is josh is now available basically you know like I won't get in trouble for going after Josh because uh, it's clear where Ty's heart lies. Yeah, no, no girl code violation. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, but yeah, these two are completely playing grab ass with each other here. <laughs> He's like kind of like messing with their pigtails, and this this dude's just like looking up at them, like, "What is this?" Yeah. Yeah, he well, messes with her pigtails, calls her Pippi Longstocking. She calls him Forrest Gump, and then they immediately she takes her pigtails down, and he takes his hat off. She <laughs> says, "Who's Pippi Longstocking?" <laughs> okay, but. You gotta know the most cardinal sin. You don't call the boss's daughter a moron. Yeah, yeah. She's well, like I doing mean, a whole thing where, like, where she's like exposing her neck, like, like he's a vampire or something. Nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, this guy's like going crazy about the September third conversation thing, and he's like, "Who cares about that?" And then he like he's a total jerk, and then he like storms off, and so Josh has to go apologize for that dick. And he defends her even though she's not sitting in there, which is very mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're okay. Young, she's not a moron. Beautiful. You think mm-hmm. I'm beautiful? You know you're gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. So they have to acknowledge their feelings for each other here, start kissing. And I don't know. I feel like it's just the strength of their chemistry and in, in the movie in general that it's not super weird that this is a stepbrother and sister kissing. Well, like when you think about it, it's like, what? But in the moment, like it just feels right. So, yeah, so don't think too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't think too hard. I, I was like, okay, this is not harmless, but it feels harmless. And then her voiceover is, well, you can guess what happened next. And the joke is we cut to the wedding. Mm-hmm. But obviously we're talking about like her 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 lingering virginity has been a, a thread. That wasn't how I read it, I guess. I, I read okay. the whole thing as just a punchline of like as if we got married. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, um, we're at the wedding of Mr. Hall and Miss Geist here. Yeah, so Ty's dating Travis, Joss is dating Cher, like out in the open. Um, I can, again, I wanted no Mel to be at this wedding. Yeah, I want Mel to be at this wedding. Well, I mean, uh, 15 years later, Ezra Fitz will be out in the open with Arya at social events. So True. Is that a precedent? Is that a... I, I'm just saying that, are like, calling it, that established law? If, if that was something that still flew in 2010, then if you can imagine 95, you know, I guess so. and it is Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. It is the Paul Rudd precedent, the guy who has not aged. Yeah, seriously, might actually be a vampire. And I mean, speaking of Ezra Fitz, talk about a vest, you know? Yeah, yeah, true, true. Oh, like little little baby Ezra's watching this movie, just like enamored. Arya's six months old. <laughs> Yuck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Put this on the PLL feed. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, Arya was like probably conceived after like the dinner and a movie date where uh, Byron and Ella went to see Clueless. Okay, hold on. Do you think Byron looks like Travis Birkenstock in the back in the nineties? Oh, like hair wise? Yeah, yeah, I wonder. It's amazing they never did like a, they never had fun like that in PLL, like do like the flashback episode to like see their parents. Yeah. They definitely I, got some, got an earring, got some pierced ears. I know that. Could just have like Chad Lowe and Holly Marie Combs like just playing themselves as teenagers with like goofy hair. I am loath to give it credit at all, 
But for a camp show, it's the best thing Riverdale ever did, which was having the main cast play their just parents. play their parents. Yeah, like it, it's that really funny. They did set themselves up so that works really nicely. Like I don't know if I can fully see Lucy Hale playing like Ella. That would just be weird. Yeah. yeah. Or Shay Mitchell playing uh, in <laughs> <Like> people's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, then it's like at a certain point, it's like, well, who do you have at Troy and Belisario play? <laughs> Both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So three girls talking about their wedding looks, and Murray, Travis, and Josh are like dreading hearing the girls plan their weddings already. How Josh many, is dressed how many like girls a hitman do you in a Tarantino movie. Yeah, totally. How many girls do you think uh, did the sailor thing? After it these. sounds awful. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. All the girls would wear sailor hats, yeah, with veils. Uh, uh but yeah, well, so they he Josh tells uh Cher that they've got like a bet going to two hundred bucks on who catches the garter. And so of course it turns into a complete disaster when uh or not the garter, the uh the bouquet. So when they throw out the bouquet, all the girls are fighting over it and the guys are laughing. Well, and that's Amy Heckerling just like throwing elbows, turning into a mosh pit. <laughs> Who's cool is this? Is it just like Murray, Travis, and Josh? I mean, I think it might not be real. I think okay. I think maybe the joke is that they decided beforehand to tell the girls that they each had to fight for the bouquet just to like watch the okay. chaos ensue. I was gonna say, I feel like two hundred bucks is a big deal to Travis. I feel like Murray well, and Josh a are lot of fine. money back then. True, true. Um, there's a way that Paul Rudd sometimes delivers lines, and I kept thinking of uh the example in my mind was from Civil War when he's like, hey, Captain America. Yeah. And he turns to Scarlet Witch. He's like, you're great, too. Yeah, you're great, too. <laughs> <laughs> is um, Lucy, the uh, housekeeper, also part of this bouquet thing? I think she is. Yes. So it's just in general. I mean, you have to think about if your life is a movie, having tenderness play out the movie of your life. That's not bad. That's a good life. Great soundtrack for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's clueless. It ends with them kissing. Just the brief. I mean, we're we're at credits at a hundred uh, or an hour and uh, thirty two minutes in. Um, just solid, very solid movie all the way. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Didn't know we're safe. Best runtime. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I run through all the people who were either offered roles or auditioned for roles? Go for it. Share Reese Witherspoon. Alicia Witt, Carrie Russell, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Angelina Jolie, Gwyneth Paltrow. That one An- is Angelina is wild. <laughs> that is crazy. Gwyneth is too on the nose. Angelina she, was like a she was like a femme fatale spy even as a teenager. So yeah. <laughs> wow, that would have played. Well, Tiffany Amber Thiessen would have been horrible. I um, mean, I think Alicia Silverstone, like nobody could have played this but her. And the fact that she was like an MTV girl already, it just makes it kind of perfect. <laughs> The only one that I could even remotely see is Reese Witherspoon, but she would have been like too young. It wouldn't, I don't think it would have worked. Like, yeah, that was like her freeway era. Her vibe was different back then, too. She was like kind of a little bit of a bad girl. Well, she'll never go back to like her election. Like, she'll never take Mm -hmm. a role as weird as Tracy Flick, too. Um, It's for Christian, Jamie Walters, and Jeremy Renner. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine Jeremy Renner being in this movie? Like, what sliding door situation does that lead us to? <laughs> I kind of can in a weird way. I would I would pay money to watch Jeremy Renner act out the Christian scenes from this movie. <laughs> uh, so for Josh, also Jeremy Renner, Ben Affleck, and get this, Zach Braff. 
Raph. What if Zach Raff and Donald Faison had become friends earlier? Yeah. Could the universe take it? For Ty, Affleck seems like way too, I don't know, tall. Like, I feel like he, he, he plays too macho, I think, for Josh. Affleck could have been Elton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for Ty, Alana Ubach and Leah Ramini. <laughs> wow. For Travis, this one you could probably guess. Jamie Kennedy, mm-hmm. Owen Wilson, and Seth Green. Oh yeah. Which which I, I think that you need uh what's his name in this? Breckenmeyer. Like, yeah, but I kind of feel like Seth Green probably calls him whenever he drinks and is just like you owe everything to me. Those guys saw each other at every audition, probably. Yeah. 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 Uh this one blew my mind. Dion, the only one I could find was Lauren Hill. Oh wow. Which yeah. especially at this point in her career, I just don't see her doing this. Murray, Terrence Howard. Uh Mel, this one I find hard to believe. Harvey Keitel or Jerry Orbach. <laughs> oh, Jerry Orbach. Like Harvey Keitel, I feel like would have killed Christian. I think if you've been a bad lieutenant, you can't be in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't do Abel Ferrara and then an Amy Heckerling movie. Yeah. And then the last but not least, Amber, Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw that one. Although yeah. Amber seems fairly tall in this, so I don't know. I feel like it would have been a different vibe. SMGs like pretty short, I think. Um, yeah, wow. Nineties, man. What a, what a time to be alive. Yeah. I um, like how the and the uh, the end credits is like just like flashes of like seizure inducing neon. <laughs> just... Yeah, the fonts and everything. God, this takes me back. Like this, yeah. there is like a whole nineties font boom of like these kind of like goofy fonts that that just makes me think of nineteen ninety six. Fantastic. Love this movie. Absolute classic. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't make them like these two. Uh, that was clueless. Um, before we uh, go, maybe we'll have a little trouble talk. So spoiler alert in advance. By the way, if you want to, if you don't know what trouble is, it's a, it's a series of girl detective books that me and Marco wrote. You can find out more on uh, my name is trouble.com. Uh, we just released our third book a month or so ago. Really appreciate all the support we've gotten on it. If you want to support the pod, you can rate and review us in iTunes, or you can go buy one of our books, you know, buy the, buy the first one and read it and then buy more. So we're going to talk a little bit about book three now. So if you don't want to be spoiled and they're mystery novels, so it kind of, it's important not to be spoiled. I feel like, um, go ahead and tune out now until you go read the books. But, uh, yeah, Kate, uh, really want to thank you for supporting the book. Uh, yeah. you left reviews, you, you sent us the photos and whatnot. I really appreciate that. Um, did you have any questions about trouble? Um, yeah, well, first of all, congratulations on finishing that book. That was impressive. Just like when I got through it and then flipped it over and realized, man, there, there is like legitimately a whole other book. Like I, like I, I saw the thing and I was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. It'll probably be like a book. And then like a, you know, a novella. And then I was like, Oh man, that's intense. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think the second part is essentially as long as the first book or almost as long so yeah this one didn't originally intend for it to get that big but you know the tail grew in the tailing sure um why did what 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 is what like what made you want to do that um i remember sitting at starbucks where it was typically where i am when i write and i think it was only maybe like three or four chapters in at that point i think I think they'd they'd gotten to um, the castle 
And I just like suddenly had this idea. I don't know, just like, you know, flash of inspiration. I texted Mark over me like, hey, what if we did this? And it was like, this is going to be way more work and it's going to be super hard. But like, wouldn't this be cool? And, and I think Marco, you were just like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Thankfully, it was, like you said, three or four chapters in. It, it was, not, it was not, not long like after they got the to the castle. Yeah. I mean, it just had the immediate idea, like, wouldn't it be neat if Jenny was there the whole time? Because that was not originally the plan. Um, I think in the very, very first beginning chapter, um, I think I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. Eliza was always going to be the one going because she won the bet yeah. from the, the previous book. But, like, I think Jenny was just going to be somewhere else for a while. Or like maybe it was like it was just going to be a thing where Jenny went and they had their usual arrangement to switch off or something like that, you know. But then it was, I thought like, wouldn't it be more interesting if um, Eliza didn't know Jenny was there and that there was like you know tension there between the two of them? And and I would argue that it's weird, but doing something weird that doesn't feel too out of left field, like it feels in 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 line with this world opens you up to naturalistically changing how you might do certain things going forward. Yeah. And um, I know I, I cheated a little bit because in writing book two, a part of me really wanted book two to end with the suggestion that Jenny had run away, but I just never really pulled the trigger on that. Like we just kind of, you know, left it as is with uh, Aunt Shelley finding out and whatnot. But then in book three, I think like a chapter two in, because the, the, originally the first chapter was a Jenny chapter, not an Eliza chapter. And I was like, you know what? I just, I, I'm going to cheat a little bit and we're going to have to have some stuff happen off screen. But I want it to be that, that Jenny has been missing for a while. And so that became yeah. an Eliza chapter. Cool. I remember um, pandemic wise, we spent a lot of time in a park, <laughs> socially distanced, trying to. At like midnight or something. For some reason, we're meeting there like very late in the winter, freezing our asses off. Yeah. Multiple times we would be there in the day. We would run to weird, weird other people who were just getting out of their house for the first time any way they could. But like really trying to think like, okay, what the fuck is this curse? <laughs> yeah. What What is the mystery of the Blackbird? We knew the Blackbird was related to this castle. In some way, but, you know, we, we try not to plan stuff too far in advance for like the, the little sub mysteries to kind of, you know, let the creative juices flow when they flow. So we, we had a, a basic idea, but we had to really flesh that out a lot. I think originally there was like a thing where it was like these deaths come in three every generation or something. Yeah. And so, yeah. so it hit RJ and then it was going to hit Mr. White, and, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, there are certain things of connections between some characters that I think we've known since the beginning and other things where it's like, we knew certain characters had to be at this castle, but it was really like, well, what the fuck are these three doing here together? <laughs> How the fuck do they know each other? Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed the Y2K party flashback. That was funny. <laughs> um, just like that was, I remember, I, cause I remember the Y2K party I was at. I was like, yeah, I mean, obviously that I was not at a party that was, uh, you know, full of drugs and smoke machines but it was definitely a thing so yeah i was i was really annoyed that original sin had their lame like rave flashbacks to y2k i was just like god damn it yeah that's lame um one thing that i really like i really like how y'all have sort of been playing with identity and like how each character like specifically obviously Jenny and Eliza like 
they're all dealing with different identities and how those identities clash with each other. And I think that's really cool. I think it not only works because they're in high school and that's just a very high school thing, but then all of this on top of it as well, um, you know, having a secret twin and, you know, which is super fun. Um, but how do you like differentiate specifically Jenny and Trouble? Um, because they seem like two very different characters to me. Like, I mean, I know it's the same, but I don't know. They seem very different at the same time. Yeah, I mean, Trouble is definitely, it's somewhat of a performance that Jenny is, you know, it's like these books are, it's like they're written for her. This is her guide to life, you know? And so like when she has to be the girl detective, you know, like she's, she's going to go cause trouble. She's going to be a rascal. Like it's definitely something she kind of steers into. Um, And I think, you know, maybe if, uh, if it weren't for those books, Jenny wouldn't necessarily be the same person, you know, like, so it's definitely, there are times when she's like, I mean, she's Jenny herself, I think is still a bit of a rascal, but when she's trouble, she's sort of assuming an additional persona. And and it's very much like she's the main character in her story. And so she can be, um, I don't want to say oblivious, but just sort of like, she just assumes that everything is going to work out for her when she's being trouble, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, baked into the concept from the beginning was the notion of if this is your guide to life and you're going to go be trouble, if things don't work out like they would work in the books, like how do you how do you reconcile that? Mm-hmm. And I think also trouble is like exists as an 11 year old eternally in the books. And so Jenny, of course, being 16, it's like she's she's progressed past that. And so it's there's a little bit of arrested development. But there's also mm-hmm. there's parts of Jenny's personality that there's just like there's no context for like there's no context for romance in the books uh in the trouble books for jenny so she's kind of on her own there her friends mm-hmm. yeah her friends yeah so that's cool yeah well i've really enjoyed them um i had to when the third one came out i realized i need to reread these because there's so many things that like it's like okay i remember most things but I know these are going to be, I just, I've got to start over start from the beginning. So I reread them all um, over the past, you know, couple weeks, which was nice. really fun. I really enjoyed rereading them. Um, yeah. I did. Some connections. Also uh, her brother, Jack has my birthday. We have the same birthday. Oh, oh. Nice. But where are the guys in March? Um, yeah. I, I did write some, uh, I, I just took a couple stabs at like a previously on trouble like kind of just like, you know, two page thing at the beginning. I was like, do we just want to try to catch people up or something? Ultimately, I think we decided not to go that way. You just kind of try to get a little bit of a recap at this in the first chapter there, but I don't know, maybe we'll do that for book four or maybe not, but previously on trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of little details and I don't, I don't know how to do that. I mean, it's even in a TV show when it's like, Oh, it's weird that they included that one scene. That must be important. I feel like it'd be even yeah. more obvious if you did it. You know, like I'm just in the previously, I'm just mentioning this one detail that might have uh, escaped your attention, but I'm going to bring it up again. Yeah, I know watching like Buffy and PLL, mm-hmm. like they'll bring up something from three seasons ago. It's like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a thing now. <laughs> yeah. You can do it in the montage of like a visual medium. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book form, I think you'd be able to guess who certain characters are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, it's like, uh, wasn't there like a Game of Thrones episode where it's like, oh, they showed like Benjen and the Flash and the priest yeah, is on for yeah. the first time in like four years. I wonder if yeah. that'll be important. Yeah. I assume they did that for a reason. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time to read and give reviews. It's any any time I can get any feedback at all, it's always immensely helpful. It's 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 gratifying just to know that anyone's reading it and and just to get people's reactions and kind of see how they're interpreting things is is definitely useful. You know, we have a couple of beta readers, but you never know. You know, sometimes we'll get reviews and it's like, wow, I totally didn't see somebody kind of interpreting scene that way, but that's interesting. No. Yeah, have y'all started on the next book yet? Um, not really. We've done some we've done some kind of off the cuff kind of loose brainstorming. We've yet to like get really serious about it. I I, I like really burnt myself out finishing this last book. It was uh, extra long and it was like publishing it and like getting the, the printer to like print it the way it wanted. That was a lot, a lot, a lot of work and stress. So I was just like, I need to take the rest of the year off and not write trouble. I just need to like recharge my creative batteries before we, we dive back into that. But the question is, yeah. do we get book four out before nice summer out school? <laughs> oh, before summer school. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, they're filming it now. Are they actually filming? I know they 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 updated the guy. The, the maybe they're not regular. filming. Yeah, they're, they must be about to film. Um, yeah. You would think they'd want to put out that show in summer if it's called summer school, but it seems like it'll probably be ready like next next, next winter. <laughs> like so. Yeah. Who knows? yeah. Well, nothing about that show makes sense. I can't mm-hmm. believe it got. I mean, I I can, but that's just wild that it's got a season two. Especially with cool. HBO Max cutting everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you need some cuts? I can think of one or two. <laughs> and like, really, did people watch that? Like, I got no sense that anybody actually watched it. I, I don't know. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's HBO Max, so they'll have all their data. Like, I just know that the subreddit for that show is completely dead. Like, it's a ghost town there. It. I can't imagine people going back and rewatching that show the way they did original PLL. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't think it was very good. <laughs> didn't find the characters particularly memorable or, you know, like people you'd want to hang out with. Can you imagine spending the $8 to verify all the Twitter bots that have been praising this show? <laughs> uh, it's terrible. It's a trash show. There we go. This, this is the PLL feed, right? Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll start working for real on Troll Book 4. Uh, towards the end of the year here and into next year. And I'm hoping that this one will come out a little bit quicker. Um, th- there was also like, I think we finished book book two came out in like October, 2020. And I, I wrote like we, we brainstormed that winter and I wrote the first chapter in January and then like didn't write anything for six months. Like, I, I think <laughs> I just like pandemic stress finally just like yeah. broke my brain and like, I couldn't write for all part of it was like, I'm, I'm really bad at writing at home. Um, I usually go to Starbucks to write. I just have to get out of my house to like kind of be in a different headspace because I also work from home. So it's like it's hard for me to be creative in the place where I work. Um, and I couldn't because the pandemic, you know. Um, yeah. So I think it was like in the summer. It's like, oh, hey, I'm vaccinated. Cases are low. I can go to Starbucks again and write. Hot trouble summer. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, we had a really, really good brainstorming session like two, three months ago. Mm hmm. That like outside really of Red Robin, yeah, yeah, we really weren't ready to like weaponize those ideas because at that point the the book wasn't even really done. Yeah, but I mean, you always uh, kind of have to be thinking ahead. To yeah, kind of plan what comes next. But yeah, we have a lot of fun ideas for book four. 
they'll be shorter. I'm really going to set a goal of under a hundred thousand words. This last one was, I think 144. Um, so wow. shorter, but you know, I'll kill her. No filler. It'll have a format nice. that will, will mm-hmm. make sense with that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's exciting. Can't wait to read it. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for the support. And, um, you know, thanks for listening to the pod all through the years. Always yeah. nice to hear from our listeners. And so um, I think we will be back next time um, to do some more commentaries. We're going to do the Dollhouse episodes, um, episodes uh, 525 and 601, like coming in the next weeks. Yep. What fun episodes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I missed that show. <laughs> yeah. 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 We miss it too, especially after watching Original Sin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, thanks for joining us, Kate. Uh, where can we find you online? Um, I'm for as long as it exists. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> it's um, KW Lamar at Twitter. So. We'll see if it's still there in a few more days. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it be gone by the time this, this posts. <laughs> we can all <laughs> really. <laughs> then we'd all be free. Yeah, really. All right. Well, until all right. then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. That's you.